Last week we began a series called The Heart of Christmas. And we, we said, last week we talked about the hope as being a vital component uh, to the heart of Christmas. Again, we're not talking about Christmas as December 25th. What we're talking about is the birth of our Savior. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I, I feel your pain this morning. We're talking about the birth of the Savior. We're talking about our Messiah and our Deliverer. We're talking about the way and the truth and the life. Last week we talked about how Jesus came into a dark time in history and he brought hope and he's left us with that hope. And no matter the darkness that we have around us, we still have hope in Christ. Amen? Anybody ever feel it? Anybody ever feel like you're walking in darkness and you just need someone to stand with you? Maybe you've got a struggle in your marriage or a struggle with your child or a struggle with a parent and you just need some hope. Well, Jesus is that hope. That's the heart of his birth. This morning, what I want to talk about is the peace that he offers. Peace that's part of this Christmas message. Jesus, the Bible tells us, was born as the Prince of Peace. I want you to grab a hold of that. I tell people all the time when they're looking for direction, when they're looking for, you know, I'm not sure what God is saying to me if I should do A, B, or C. I always tell them the best way to figure that out is to look for peace. The peace that just causes your heart to relax. I used to, okay, I'm going to use an example when I was a, a younger man, uh, uh, actually it was while I was still thinking as a boy. I hadn't become really a man yet. And in my teenage years, you could always tell when you were just getting a good buzz on because you kind of felt that peace in the back of your knees. You just kind of felt like, ah, this is, you know what, that's the peace I look for in Jesus. Well, I just know when the direction is right because I just, I feel it in my heart. I sense it in my heart. It goes according to God's words. You don't just run on feelings because that'll get you in trouble. But when we are really looking for God's direction, one of the things that we need to look for is the, pre, the, the Prince of Peace. If Jesus really is the Prince of Peace, then we should be able to go through any difficult situation and have peace, right? I think it's critical for us. The account of the Christmas story that we're probably most familiar with comes out of the book of Luke. It was the first announcement, the first of the, the arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem. And quite honestly, it was a little bit of an odd group of people that the angels announced it to. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. There were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. All people. Who? Anybody here qualify as all people? Okay, no, no that's not enough hands. Are, are you part of the all? Who's part of the all? Right? Was there peace given for you, or was that just for shepherds a long time ago? Is it just for special people? No, Jesus is for all people. We qualify as all. You and I are part of that all package. This is for us. Great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God. Again, I can't get over this. An angel appears. Shepherds are just chilling. They're watching their sheep by night. They're making sure that everything is fine. They, they, they tell us, research tells us that sheep will not lay down. Sheep will not rest unless there's peace. 
That's why um, Psalm 23 talks about uh, God leading us beside still waters. Sheep won't lay down if the, if the, if the waters aren't still, if there's too much commotion. And so it's the, the shepherd's job just to make sure that the sheep got rest and to lead them. And all of a sudden, out of no place, bam, this light shows up and there's an angel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> bam, there's this light and, and the angel. And they were so terrified that the angel says, hey, don't be afraid. He said it because they were afraid. He said it because they were terrified. What's going on? You know, you, you have to remember that, that at this point in history, God has not spoken to his, his people through the prophets. He's not spoken to his people for over 400 years. And people are waiting, they're praying, they're looking for some kind of a Messiah, a deliverer, a redeemer. Times are tough. They're under Roman occupation, Roman rule. Basically, the only thing they can do is what Rome will allow them to do. And these shepherds are, are just chilling. They're, they're hanging out, and there's this massive light that shows up. And then as soon as that's done, verse 13 says, suddenly a great company of heavenly So we go from one angel making this declaration to a great company of heavenly hosts appearing with the angel, praising God. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Get, just, you gotta think about this. Any one of us has spent some time at night just relaxing, just enjoying the evening. You know, it's, this is a nice night and the stars are out and you're just enjoying the evening. And you can imagine this light. This angel comes and starts talking to y'all. And you hear it. You, you don't believe this is true, do you? you? He starts talking to you. And then all of a sudden, this whole company of angels starts to, and, and not next thing you know we got a church service going on I mean they're singing praises to God like we haven't heard angels we have heard on high right I don't think it was just this oh that's nice there's something about me we read accounts in scripture when the angels have showed up and what people done they fall down on their face and they begin to worship I'm sorry, but I believe this was, this was, a, this was a, a fantastic event. I believe this was beyond description. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And who does God bring this message to but a bunch of lowly shepherds? He didn't bring it to kings. He didn't bring it to queens. He didn't bring it to, he didn't bring it to the political leaders. He didn't even bring it to the religious leaders of the day. He brought it to shepherds. Shepherds who were, who con, they, they were let's just be honest, you're watching sheep out in the field for a month, month and a half at a time. What do you reckon they smelled like? Old Spice? No, probably not. They were dirty, they were stinky, they were outcast in the community, right? This is not like the best job in town. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not even working for McDonald's here. I mean, this is, this is not good. And that is who God chooses to deliver the message to. When you look at the characters that are in the Christmas story, you look at the innkeeper, you know, as a local businessman, and you look at the kings, the wise men coming from the, the, from the east, Mary and Joseph. There was a survey done by a uh, ministry called Ministry 127 uh, a couple of years ago. 
And they did this survey in, in uh, several communities, and they're just asking, who do you relate to? Who do you relate to in the Christmas story? And the part that I find was kind of interesting, and yet it, it doesn't surprise me at all, is that like 75% of the people said, you know what, I relate to the shepherd. Kind of the outcast. Kind of the guy on the outside. You know, I don't really see myself as much. Some people obviously saw themselves as business-minded. They saw themselves as an innkeeper. But most people saw themselves just like us, kind of on edge. And that's who God makes this announcement through. The angels actually had to steady the shepherds, telling them not to be afraid. Don't be terrified. And their message was to bring good news because this baby was born. This baby, this Messiah that they'd been waiting for, it, was so, it had been promised for so long. God wants to announce his son. He doesn't do it to even the religious leaders. Think about that. Even the religious leaders, he's announcing it to just people like you and me. And the Bible says that before you and I are in a relationship with God, we're actually enemies of God. We're at odds with God. The Bible says that, that previous to a relationship with Christ, okay, so these shepherds are hanging around. Excuse me, I've got to do this again. These shepherds represent you and I. But the Bible says that previous to a relationship with God, it's not like we're just at odds, we're, we're just on the outside, but we're actually at odds with God. We're trying to figure out our own way to live our life, and when we do that, we do it opposing, normally opposing God. <clears throat> Jesus was this good news. He's the ultimate answer to the brokenness that exists. The brokenness between ourselves and God, the brokenness between ourselves you know we live outside of Christ when we're separate from there's a brokenness that we have to deal with every day you think about this for just a minute how many times have you have you lived in your own head you've replayed a tape of something that you've done that was just stupid something that you've done that was embarrassing something that you've done was was hurtful and you 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 have this own brokenness in your soul you're like how could i have been such an idiot how could i have done something so stupid how could i have done something so hurtful jesus not only comes to repair the relationship between god and us but he also comes to repair the relationship between our, us ourselves. I don't even know how to say that. One inside, between myself and my soul. And he also then has, comes to repair the relationship between us and each other. Not only do I, do I look at repairing my relationship with Alfonso from things that have gone on in our past, but he also wants to heal Tim from the inside. He wants to repair Tim's relationship with God. That's what Jesus came for. That's what Jesus came for. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Colossae. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, in Christ. All God's fullness dwells in Christ. And through him, Christ 
to reconcile him to himself all things. God wants to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. Free, get that, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and you do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard from me and that I proclaim to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul said, I've become a servant to this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you hold on to that, if you walk in that, there is a freedom that comes, there is a hope that comes, there is a peace that comes. You don't have to walk in brokenness anymore. To understand the peace that is ushered in at Christmas time, we must understand that even though Jesus arrived in a cradle, his life would lead him to the cross and his blood pays the price. That's what gives us peace, right? Nothing else on this earth is gonna give us peace. Nothing. If you are like me and you like driving fast, that's fine. Well, sometimes, within limits. I love hopping on a snowmobile and going fast. I love hopping on a motorcycle and going fast. I love hopping on a four-wheeler and going fast. Anything that can cause me to get me to go fast. But you know what? None of that brings peace. It might bring a little bit of joy. It'll put a smile on my face for a day or a week. But it doesn't bring peace. I love going out car shopping. I like cars. I like tools. But buying tools does not give me peace. Right? We use all kinds of things. The world uses all kinds of things, but the Bible says, previous to this relationship with God, no matter what you do, you're opposed to God. The world system is opposed to God, and Jesus wants to reconcile us to his Father. When we receive that gift of forgiveness that's given to us by faith, we become friends with God. I want you to think about this for a minute. We become Part of the family. Now, before you receive Christ, you're an enemy. So now, when you speak against God, when you fail, it's really offensive. But once, when we are become part of the family, then that offense is, is, is not the same. It's just not the same. You, you know this instinctively. You know this instinctively. Okay, let's just, let's just bring it right down, all right? Before you had kids... Before you had kids, how many of you thought everybody's little two-year-old rugrat really needed some discipline and you were just the one to be able to do that? You knew. Ex I could tell you exactly what it's going to take to get that kid straightened out, but you know what? I won't do it. I, 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 I won't do it, especially nieces and nephews. We just, we just had uh, uh, somebody rented out the, this side of the, the uh, church last week, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I spoke with one of the ladies who was, she said, well, I knew we were going to owe you all tablecloths, all table coverings. The nieces and nephews are just walking around, destroying them, just ripping them. Just, I looked at my husband, I'm like, well, somebody ought to raise those kids. But you know what? When that kid is yours, all of a sudden, there's a difference. 
Yeah, you know they probably need a swat on the hand, or you know they need a little swat on the butt. You're going to get them out of there. You're going to do, but there's something different when you're part of the family. There's something different when it's your blood. That's kind of how it is in our relationship with God. We, we start out opposed to God. We start out away from God. The Bible says we're actually his enemy. And now when you fail, if you've accepted Christ, we, we come about this, this, this thing in life where we're, we're, we're human and we have our failures, but it's different because God's going to receive you in. He's going to love you and he's going to care about you. I fell asleep on the couch one night watching probably a car show years ago and somebody was doing a rendition of the book of Matthew and I woke up and Jesus was, had been walking on the water and Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come. Tell me to come out to you. And so Jesus tells him to come out to him. Now every time I've read this story up to this point, every time I've read it, when Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus, I imagine Jesus picking him up out of the water going, what's the matter? Why did you take your eyes off of me? But when they did this rendition, Peter is sinking and Jesus scoops him up and he's laughing. He's got his arms wrapped around him. He's like, why did you take your eyes off of me? Man, you were so close. And I believe that's what God does with us. We fail. Sure, we fail. But he scoops us up and he shows us his love. He wants a restored relationship with us. That's why Jesus came. And there is a peace to that. There's a peace in knowing. Even when I fail God, even when I fail, any of you fail God ever this week, yesterday, this morning, you know, we fail God, don't we? We miss it, but the reality is Jesus came that we might have peace. That's what John says in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus actually said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give you peace as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. You know, the world gives us a a level of peace. When we think we've got all the money that we need in the bank account, anybody ever have that much? Yeah, I didn't think so. Because we always need just a little bit more. When we think we've got all the groceries and the cars all running fine and everything is good, man, my world is great, the job is fine, that still leaves us empty because it's all about what we do. Jesus said, I give you a peace that this world cannot give you. And that's part of the heart of Christmas is us walking in that kind of peace, knowing with a confidence that he is there regardless of what we go through because the reality is even if you are in right relationship with God there's still going to be difficulties and struggles no place does scripture promise us that there's never going to be an issue in our life as a matter of fact just the opposite there are going to be difficulties James chapter 5 verse 16 says therefore Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Pray for one another. Confess your faults. You know, the world says, hide it, hide it, hide it, hide it. Don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. That's what's going to give you peace. Jesus said if you confess it and you get it out, then you're actually going to get healed. I can tell you this as a counselor, for years dealing with people, when they get the junk out, they get peace. I have a friend who went to prison for 12 years for a sexual crime. 
And he told me at the end of it, I was actually the one who turned him in. I was actually the one who took him to the police station. When, when, the, when the sergeant came out, he said, well, you might, he said, I want you to know that your friend com- confessed to the crime. And he said, that might make you feel good, but I'm telling you, he's not going to see the light of day now for 12 years. I didn't eat for three days. I just, I couldn't believe it. My conversation with him shortly thereafter, probably within a month, he said, I haven't felt this much freedom in my life in years because I confessed it and I got it out. And I'm healed. I feel like I can move forward. He realized he had time he had to do. He did the crime, he had to do the time. That's the way it was. But he felt more freedom. He told me this afterwards. He said, I felt more freedom in prison than I had felt trying to hide my sin and cover my sin and make sure that nobody knew it. Why? Because we're opposing God when we do that. Jesus comes and he offers us peace. We make peace with God. We make peace with ourselves. When we confess our sins, we're, we're making peace with, our, with ourselves. And then the next step is we're supposed to make peace with one another. If you have an offense with somebody, the Bible says we're supposed to get that cleared up. We talked about that before communion this morning. Get it cleared up. Be a peacemaker. The longest recorded sermon that we have of Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount. Starts in Matthew chapter 5, goes through Matthew chapter 7. A part of that is called the Beatitudes where Jesus said, blessed are the poor for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Get down to verse nine and it says this. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. When we make peace, this is part of the heart of Christmas. When we make peace with people that we've been at odds with, we're actually adopting the character of Almighty God. We're recognized because we're doing what God did. God sent his son to make peace as, as a peace offering to, to redeem us. When we make right relationships, when we restore relationships, when we do everything within our our parameters, everything within our ability to restore a relationship, we look like Jesus. We look like God. We're going to be recognized for that. It's like, oh, that, that Tony, man, he's just a jerk. He's always been a jerk. He'll never be anything but a jerk. You know what? I just walk across the street. I don't need anything to do with him. Well, how about trying to figure out what my part is in that relationship, confessing it, owning it, going and apologizing. If he wants to walk away and say, that Tim, he's a jerk, he can do that, but at least I've done my part to restore that relationship. And then when I talk to Chris about him, I don't say, well, that Tony's a jerk because I apologized to him and he didn't say anything back. No. My responsibility is to say, hey, you know what, we, we need to pray. I should pray for Chris. Pray for Tony if you think about it. You know what? Well, hey, all things going with you and Tony. Ah, pray for him. You know what? I can, I, can, I can walk in a peace. By the way, we're, in, we're good, right? We're good? Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> Amen. I still get to pray for him. God wants us to have, A, peace with God, B, peace within ourselves, and C, to restore relationships. I think that's part of becoming a real peacemaker. It's part of that heart of Christmas. A, we have hope but we also have this peace that we can live in. 
Folks, life is just so much easier. Doesn't mean you're going to get along with it. I, I just go right back to a family reunion. Does that mean that I'm going to get along with everybody in the family reunion? No, but I don't have to be at odds with them. Right? It just doesn't make any difference. I want to walk in peace. I want to go home at night, lay my head down on the pillow, and sleep. I don't want to have all this, this angst, this stuff boiling in my stomach because I had to be around so-and-so again. I don't care. I would much rather have a right relationship with God. Right? Let that love, let that, we have to believe. So far off my notes, I don't have a clue where I'm at. We have to believe. If you're praying for somebody and you go, well, I don't see any change. I've been praying for Matt. There's no change in his life, no change in his life, no change in his life. He's just, he's just lost. He's never going to be any. Do, do we or do we not believe that there is still a Holy Spirit? Amen. Believe that? Do you, or do, you, do you believe or do you not believe that you're him? Right? We're not the Holy Spirit. We pray, and I, my, maybe my relationship with Matt isn't what it needs to be, but I can pray and ask God to send somebody to build that relationship, send somebody to work in his heart, send somebody to, 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 to restore that relationship. As long as Matt's in a right spot with God, that's what matters. God, if you can't use me because he's upset with me, send somebody else. I'm not the Holy Spirit. Neither are you. The Holy Spirit draws people. He works in people's lives. He convicts them of wrong. He does all that. We get to walk in the peace. We just let to, we, let's just trust God. Let's put our trust in Him, right? Instead of all of our confidence in ourselves. There are so many people, and again, you know this, there are so many people that just don't value peace in their relationships. They'd just rather be a jerk. If you've ever watched the Charlie Brown Christmas, Linus has a line in there. Charlie Brown was having problems getting into the Christmas spirit. And Linus observes this. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Christmas does not have to be a problem. Christmas is a time that's filled with hope, that's filled with joy, that's filled with peace. And that's the heart of Christmas. My hope is that you'll walk out of here today saying, you know what? Jesus came and he is the prince of peace and he's ready to take that broken peace in my life. Broken peace. Broken P-E-A-C-E. Broken peace. And restore that. I think that's what God would have for us today. He wants you to walk in peace. He wants you to have a joy. And it comes from being in right relationship with our Savior. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you so much for your life. I thank you so much for the hope. I thank you that Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. And you would have nothing more, God, than for us to have restored peace in our life. Not peace like the world gives. That's fleeting. It's temporary the peace that comes from a restored heart. God, when I can look in the mirror and know that you've forgiven me and I don't have to replay that tape, when I can, I can meet a friend that we've had a broken relationship and I can go in humility and, and uh, uh, peace, have peace about that relationship,
When I know, God, even if I failed you, you still accept me, you still love me. All I have to do is come and confess my sin and you'll restore that peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and you came to give us that peace. So Lord, we just ask you to build that in our hearts today. Help us to walk in that confidence and that life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have yourselves a great day.